Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. That's right, friends. It's time to buckle up. It's another Thursday. You know, every week we bring you uh, interviews with leading church leaders to help your church go further, faster. And today is no exception. In early June, we uh, helped co-host a conference for Leadership Network uh, with our friends over at Church Communications. It was called the Next Normal Conference. And what we had was over 30 speakers, thought leaders, pastors from the fastest growing and largest churches in the country really wrestle with what is the next normal? Where are we heading? And Today, we're bringing you a special rebroadcast from that conference of an interview with my friend Kenny Jang, uh, interviewing Nona Jones. Uh, She is from Facebook. She's the head of faith-based partnerships for Facebook. And I think today's conversation is particularly helpful for us as we wrestle through and think about how does social media impact our churches. And what's important about today's conversation is we're not just theorizing. We're actually digging in with a a key leader from Facebook uh, and offering. She offers all kinds of helpful resources and thoughts uh, for you as you think about leading uh, in this current next normal. So uh, let's sit back, enjoy uh, today's conversation. Again, uh, brought to you by a rebroadcast from the Next Normal Conference. We've got Kenny Jang and Nona Jones. Let's jump in and listen. Well, friends, we are here for another session. Um, This one in particular, I've been looking forward to all day because this is um, a special time to be able to sit down with someone that I highly respect um, and has gotten to know over the last couple of years and see from both afar and in close proximity of all the things that's happening. We we are talking about innovation. We're talking about contextualization. Someone who gets it is digitally native. Um, Nona Jones, welcome to the program. Thanks so much, Kenny. You know how much I appreciate you. So I appreciate, I'm glad to be here. So um, I think of things that you've been doing um, on this digital landscape front, um, both helping those that have been out there already and those that are starting probably from scratch as we started for many people nine weeks, 10 weeks ago. Um, there's, there's a lot to be talked about, but before we do that, I just want to frame it properly. Why don't we share what your role is at Facebook and you know, what you're charged with there? Yeah, so I, um, I serve as the head of Global Faith-Based Partnerships, and my role is both externally facing and internally facing. Um, externally, uh, kind of what you alluded to earlier, I work with denominations and ministries and associations uh, to make sure that they have the knowledge and the training uh, to leverage Facebook as a strategic asset for ministry purposes. Um, internally, I work across our product teams to help inform the various roadmaps that they're using to build the tools uh, that communities of faith need in order to leverage Facebook for that purpose. That's, um, I think it's fantastic that Facebook has that role in place. It's been such a resource and a blessing um, that I've seen directly and personally happen. Um, so this entire conference, this event that we're trying to do right now is all about helping leaders and their teams get to the next normal, as we're calling it, right? What So the question that I, I w- I'm anticipating your presence here today is to ask you, what are you seeing at Facebook that could help leaders prepare um, where, their go- where their world is going, basically, in this coming year or two? Like, what's, what's happening inside Facebook that you can share that, you know, I think Facebook's always looking ahead 
and trying to see what tools can we develop, what, what um, communities can we do, what are, how can we resource people to connect and do things better? Well, I have, I have two responses to this. The first is, um, I think as a, as a company, we're always thinking about this idea of uh, remote presence. And by that, it's always like, okay, you know, how do we make uh, digital connections and relationships meaningful to people? So whether that is, you know, through video conferencing, whether that's through live streaming, messaging, whatever that is, how do we make people feel like they're still engaged with each other, even though they're remote? So we were already thinking about that. That's the nature of our, of our company and the mission of our organization. Um, interestingly enough, this idea of kind of the next, uh, so I feel like in some ways the church is catching up to um, reality, which is uh, people have very robust lives um, on social media. And I've talked to many pastors and leaders who, you know, for the longest time refused to even have a Facebook account. They refused to be on Instagram um, as if that was somehow going to create a trend in and of itself. I don't know, but like the people have been uh, on social media. And so now I, I honestly think the next is simply just catching up to where uh, everyone has been. I've long thought, you know, if, if, if you as a pastor, if you as a leader knew that 80% of your city lived on one side of town, would you not have a, a location there? The answer is unequivocally yes. But yet uh, almost 80% of America has a Facebook account. It's more now. Um, and then there are people who said, no, I would not have a presence there. So it's, it's been... It's been an interesting tightrope to walk. And so it's interesting to see where we are now. Yeah. And it's not only that number, like 80%, whatever it is, it's not that they just have an account, but yeah. it's like, that's where they live, right? They yes. actually are using their phones and devices and tablets and they're living on Facebook. It's not, it's not as if I just have a membership to a club that I go Correct. once in a while. Yeah. Um, it's literally where they are. Mm -hmm. um, so Facebook, uh, you know, and, Facebook hires scientists and really smart people, right? I, I, this is the one thing that we kind of forget. Um, Facebook is the master at capturing attention, building community online, basically, right? right. Um, that's what the platform has evolved to over time. That This is something that like, just like um, someone wakes up and thinks about their job all day, this is part of what Facebook is doing. What advice would you give to church leaders from um, your experience at Facebook like that would change the way of what we do online um, that could really help our church leaders that are watching in and listening in today for them to capture more people's attention and develop deeper connections and be able to minister, etc. Because that that capturing attention and building community online is so important that first cornerstone piece of ministry yeah well one of the things that i've been recommending to churches um is number one and this is going to sound weird but you know get rid of the countdown timer the reason for that is when you are spending five minutes watching a timer like so on facebook right now the average attention span is three seconds so if you have a 15 minute countdown, five minute, even a one minute countdown, you know, when people see it in their, their newsfeed, they're like, oh, keep going. Cause that's just, you know, that's wasting time. So immediately you got to hit it. Now the timer is great at church because that's kind of the, the, the signal 
that, oh, we need to start, you know, focusing on the, the service. Like we need to stop talking to each other. Right. We need to come in from the lobby. Uh, but when you have people there, like imagine if um, at 11 o'clock, you know, every single person who was a member of your church was sitting down looking at the stage. Like imagine if that was the case, would you have a five minute countdown? Probably not, right? You just hit it. So that's that's one of the things I've been and just strongly encouraging people to do is get rid of the countdown timer. Also, um, you want to think in terms of just like snackable content um, because remember, you know, before you, you had people in a building and chances of them getting up in the middle of the message and getting in their car and driving to another church were pretty low. But now people can go to another church like this. All right. So you want your content to be super engaging, super hard hitting, um, so that people are immediately feeling like, oh, this is something that's relevant to me. Also, from an engagement standpoint, you want to truly respond to people's comments, respond to their questions, welcome them, tag them. Like you want to see people and you want people to feel like they're actually a part of the experience. Um, social media is not broadcast media. Broadcast has a message going out to a passive audience. Yes. Social media is a message going out to an active uh, community of people who have something they want to say in, in return. So you have to be aware of that uh, and, and change your, your methodology accordingly. This is, um, oh, I wish someone needs to rewind that, turn up the volume, play it again, rewind that, turn up the volume, play it again. So we've heard from many church leaders who are not used to being on social networks, as you say, but then they have actually jumped in um, and they're literally learning how to swim right now. Um, but there's still, still a sizable segment that don't see the value yet um, of these tools. And I, would, I guess I would ask you, as being part of the digital native tribe, what would you say that's really life-serving, you know, in a way that's not trying to be pejorative or anything like that, but what would you say to that church leader segment or how do you help the communications people, the church online people manage up, manage sideways and bring other people along in the ministry seeking, and they, they wanna seek impact in the community, right? But their yeah. resistance um, to either you know, have their ministry engage online or just, you know, feel like it might become a distraction to what you're doing. So, so here's why I'm laughing. I'm laughing because um, I don't have to go very far to give you kind of a concrete example of that um, because that's my husband. So my <laughs> husband, uh, we pastor a, a local church, um, not a large church. We have a couple hundred members. And um, for the longest time, you know, here I am head of faith partnerships at Facebook. I'm telling my husband, hey, you really need to be on Facebook. You really need to be engaging on Facebook. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, going to the church building to do my thing. Um, you know, now that COVID-19 has forced even our own church to close, he's just been blown away uh, by the statistics and by the viewership. And, you know, whereas before we might have a Bible study and there might be, you know, 10, 20 people would show up at the building. Well, now we're having a Bible study and you've got like several hundred people tuning in and commenting and, you know, sharing questions. And so I think, I think now, uh, you know, it, it's really about seeing, you know, oh, taste and see. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you just have to make it real. Um, and you do, you have to bring people along. You know, you can't expect people to see the value in something that they've never seen. Of course, they don't value it because they haven't seen it. Uh, so you have to just paint the picture for them. 
Can you share maybe one or two categorical examples of things that people might use to share and point to that are happening on Facebook so that it, it actually translates that value in a way that, you know, um, you know, much more visual story, concrete way? Oh, absolutely. Well, I think the most obvious example for most people is, is live stream statistics. Mm -hmm. uh, what we've seen is uh, you typically can have four or five times the number of viewers watching your live stream than you have in your building. Uh, I was talking to a pastor a few weeks ago. He pastors a church. It's got about 7,000 members. Uh, he said to me, he said, Nona, um, we had 72,000 people uh, tune into our, our Easter live stream. Like he was blown away by that. You're never going to have 72,000 people, uh, you know, in your church service. And so for him, that was truly like proof is in the pudding. Uh, similarly, I think in Facebook groups, we're seeing a tremendous amount of just engagement. We're seeing uh, things that uh, you wouldn't normally see in a church building, people having 24 hour prayer, uh, people who are actually uh, you know, revealing challenges that they're having that they don't normally share uh, face to face. You know? So we're seeing these things and I think that's opening people's eyes to the power of social technology. So one of the things that you do see on a Sunday is if you scroll in your feed of churches just live streaming, live streaming, live streaming, right? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not now. They're not just copy pasting their offline services because there isn't any offline services or there aren't that many. But back in the day or fast forward, um, is that your recommendation that they're supposed to basically just capture what they have on stage in their building and just broadcast that live on Facebook Live? Not at all. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, you can do that. So many churches have. Uh, they've just kind of replicated their traditional model um, of a you know, service or a program. Uh, but you have to remember, you're no longer constrained by that. And I think that's, that's the thing we have to understand is when it comes to social, uh, you can go live anywhere at any time doing anything. So you don't have to have the traditional like, okay, we start with prayer, then we have a worship song, then we have a scripture reading, then we have offering, then we have a message. Like you don't have to have that model. I've seen many churches who have uh, created highly engaging programs where they've had things like, you know, skits and, uh, you know, the, the pastor and his family having a panel discussion around a dinner table, uh, not necessarily standing in a pulpit. Um, think about uh, Facebook Live in particular as giving people access to you as an authentic individual, not to who you are in a pulpit, but who you are as an individual, as a leader, as a human, as a pastor. Um, I think that's, that's how people uh, connect at a deeper, deeper level. One of the things that is apparent to a lot of people is that it does take effort to basically create content, schedule content, um, actually be present on Facebook. Uh, what do you say to a pastor who's already got us, you know, most churches have a seven day production cycle basically, and they're wall to wall on their schedules. How, in, how are they supposed to now insert this into their workflow? Like what, what, are, you, what are you suggesting? Do they need to uh, raise funds and hire another headcount? Are they able to, what are you seeing in terms of churches that are creative um, and what's that first conversation? What are the questions that they need to be asking? Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of churches just kind of repurpose the, the human resources they have. Um, people who may have traditionally focused on in-person or in-building ministry 
uh, now just having them think about, okay, well, how, how can we offer this same level of connection? How do we offer this same level of engagement um, digitally? So things like, for example, children's ministries, you know, having Facebook groups uh, for the parents, um, using things like messenger kids to connect the kids to each other. Uh, but you have to, you have to, again, think outside of the box, literally outside of the box of the building, um, so that you can begin to use these tools in ways that serve your purpose. And that's, I think that's the overarching um, recommendation I want to give to people is it's not as much about replicating what others are doing. It's really about you taking a step back figuring out what your goals are and what experience you want people to have, and then uh, using the tools to bring forth uh, that vision. Oh, amazing, amazing. As we close out our time together here today, um, I guess I I'd like to maybe pivot a little bit personally. Um, how are you growing in this season in, in terms of like, how are you changed and living differently going forward? What, what does your next normal look like, Nona? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, I've definitely been evaluating my own, uh, the way that I'm spending my time. Uh, of course, this is it's an intense season for me. I'm, I'm in a lot of uh, conferences and, and conversations and things like that. But I am also trying to be just like really protective of my time with my family um, because, you know, that can get get swallowed up. And uh, it's been difficult because the workday for me is 24 hours. <laughs> I have I have team members all around the world. And so there's always somebody who's waking up when it's my Friday. It's somebody else's Monday, basically. <laughs> so um, there's always that. But um, yeah, I just trying to be really intentional about my time and making sure that I'm spending the proper time with the Lord uh, and with my family, because that's how I refuel. That's how I replenish. Love it. Um, and I love seeing some of that on social that you really do prioritize that family life. And it's just, uh, it's, it's really heartwarming to see that stuff. Um, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Really appreciate the time. Last question is just if someone is watching this today for the first time and they didn't even know that there's a role like this um, at Facebook for faith-based uh, relationships with organizations. Where can someone learn more about your ministry at Facebook? What's, what's, is there a URL, a email, contacts? You know, where do they tweet? What, what do they do in terms of uh, learning more about what you do there? Yeah, so um, you can go to facebook.com backslash community backslash faith um, just to learn more about resources and tools that are available. Uh, if you want to learn more about me specifically, you can go to nonajones.com uh, and you can also connect with me on social. My handle is at Nona, not Nora. Nona, not Nora. Um, best-selling author. You've got another book coming out really soon. That everyone should be checking out Amazon and uh, look for it soon. I see your book in airports all the time, or I used to see in airports. With <laughs> that back in the day when we used to go to airports, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, but <laughs> thank you so much for being with us today, everybody. We'd love to hear your feedback and questions about Facebook in ministry because this is your chance to be in conversation. We want this to be a place of collaboration and inspiration as we go to the next normal. I'm Kenny Jang, your host for this session. We look forward to the rest of the conference and we'll catch you in the next session. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter 
at Rich Birch or through email, rich at unseminary.com. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com. It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.